Hello there, Druin. Hope your day in San Francisco is going as pleasantly as the weather. That's right. With a high of 62 degrees and some broken clouds, it sounds like a perfect day to catch up on the latest news. And we've got just the stories to keep you informed. First up, the U.S. Department of Justice has shown a spotlight on Google's stronghold over the search market. Court filings reveal details about competitors like DuckDuckGo and Neva, but also Google's immense efforts to maintain its position, including billions paid to Apple. I'm Steve Onsker. And I'm Jonathan Martin. Welcome to the briefing room from PocketPod News. In our second story, TechCrunch is celebrating women in AI with a series of interviews. We'll take a closer look at Mutale and Kande's work and her advocacy for the Algorithmic Accountability Act, highlighting the importance of inclusive AI development. And for our third story, we're heading to the moon with Odysseus. Despite landing on its side due to a glitch in its navigation system, this private spacecraft has made history as the first U.S. lander on the lunar surface since 1972, still alive and well near its intended destination. From internet giants battling in courtrooms to groundbreaking achievements in space exploration and pushing for inclusivity in tech development, stay with us as we delve into these stories. We've got all the news you need to make sense of today's headlines. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. It's no secret Google holds a titanic presence in the search engine market, but recent insights from the U.S. Department of Justice's case against the tech giant have shed light on just how deep that dominance runs. Absolutely, and it's not just about Google's own strategies to stay on top. We're seeing fascinating details about competitors like DuckDuckGo and Neva, their struggles, innovations, and even why some had to pivot or exit the market. And who could forget the intriguing tactics employed by Google to maintain its market leadership? They've made significant payments to Apple and navigated through a landscape where younger users are turning to platforms like TikTok for searches. To dive deeper into this story, we've got PocketPod News Business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer joining us. Scott has been closely following this case and will break down what these revelations mean for Google, its competitors, and the future of online search. Scott? Thanks, Steve. Uh, this case against Google is a real treasure trove for understanding not just the dynamics of the search market, but also how startups like DuckDuckGo and Neva are navigating these waters. Let's start with DuckDuckGo. They've been profitable since 2014, largely thanks to search advertising, yet Google's court filings have thrown some shade their way, accusing them of not investing enough in innovation. Despite this criticism, DuckDuckGo has built a substantial user base, hitting 100 million people globally by 2021. That's quite impressive for DuckDuckGo. Uh, but what about Neva? They took a different path with their subscription model, right? Absolutely, Steve. Founded by ex-Googlers in 2019, Neva aimed to disrupt the market with an ad-free search experience. They introduced some cutting-edge features like generative AI, which garnered attention. However, competing against free services proved too challenging, and they pivoted to focus on enterprise solutions before Snowflake acquired them in May 2023 for approximately $184.4 million in cash. Transitioning from consumer to enterprise is no small feat. Speaking of transitions, 
Yahoo's journey in the search space has seen its own kind of pivot after partnering with Microsoft back in 2009. Exactly, and that partnership was significant because it allowed Yahoo to step back from actively crawling the web and developing its own search technology. It illustrates how strategic alliances sometimes serve as lifelines for companies struggling to keep up with Google's pace. And speaking of Google's pace, they've been employing various strategies to maintain their dominance in this space. Can you tell us more about that? For sure. One of Google's most notable moves is its payment to Apple, $18 billion, to remain the default search engine on iPhones. This kind of financial muscle plays a crucial role in keeping Google at the top of the food chain despite innovative approaches from competitors like DuckDuckGo and Neva. With Google maintaining such a strong position, where does this leave the overall competition landscape? The landscape is evolving rapidly. Traditional web searching faces competition from specialized apps like Yelp or Airbnb and even AI platforms such as ChatGPT. Moreover, younger users are turning more towards social media platforms like TikTok for information searches rather than relying solely on web searches, indicating a shift towards diversified online information sources beyond just Google or any other traditional search engines. It sounds like while startups might struggle against giants like Google directly within traditional search markets, there could be opportunities elsewhere in this broader ecosystem. Precisely. Innovation doesn't only come from beating giants at their own game, but often from changing the rules entirely, finding niche success or exploring uncharted territories where user behaviors are shifting. Fascinating insights as always, Scott. Thank you for breaking down what this case reveals about the state of online search and competition. My pleasure, Steve. Always interesting to delve into how these technological and business dynamics play out. Artificial intelligence is shaping up to be one of the defining technologies of our time, but it's not without its challenges. That's right. One of the biggest concerns, ensuring that AI systems are developed responsibly and inclusively. This is where Mutali and Kandi comes in, the founding CEO of AI for the People, or AFP. With a focus on increasing black voices in technology and advocating for non-discriminatory AI practices, Kandi's journey into the field was sparked by a desire to combat algorithmic bias. She's made significant strides, including co-authoring Advancing Racial Literacy in Tech back in 2019. And today we're diving deeper into her contributions, from her advocacy for the Algorithmic Accountability Act to her insights on overcoming challenges women face in tech. For this discussion, we've invited PocketPod News technology correspondent Alex Harmon to share more about Nkandi's work and perspectives. Thanks, Steve. Mutal Nkande's journey into the artificial intelligence field is both inspiring and eye-opening. Starting with her background, she ventured into AI driven by a personal experience that highlighted the pervasive issue of algorithmic bias. This was after a racially insensitive incident involving Google Pictures, which sparked her interest in understanding and combating such biases. Her determination led to significant achievements, including co-authoring Advancing Racial Literacy in Tech in 2019, a pivotal moment that marked her as a key voice in advocating for non-discriminatory practices in AI. That's quite an entry into the field. Can you talk more about her key achievements and how they've impacted the AI landscape? Absolutely, Steve. 
One of Nkande's proudest moments came with her leading advocacy for the Algorithmic Accountability Act introduced to the House of Representatives in 2019. This legislative effort positioned her nonprofit organization, AI for the People, as a thought leader in pushing for the development of non discriminatory AI systems. Beyond legislation, Nkande's influence extends to advisory roles with federal agencies and spearheading projects aimed at guiding responsible AI governance. It sounds like she's not only contributed significantly, but also faced challenges along the way, especially being in a male-dominated industry. Indeed, Steve. While navigating this landscape, Nkande pointed out that academic gatekeepers posed more significant challenges than men within tech companies themselves. However, her external expertise on racial bias has opened doors to collaborations that might have otherwise been close to women like her within tech circles. Cheers. With those challenges she faced, does she offer any advice for women looking to enter the field? She does offer some sage advice, and Conde encourages women to find their niche within AI and strive to become leading experts while addressing personal deficiencies through education and skill development. She highlights building credibility through first-mover advantages and continuous learning as crucial steps towards success. Notably, she herself is set to graduate with a master's from Columbia University this May. Now, looking at AI development more broadly, what are some pressing issues she identifies? A major issue highlighted by Nkandi is the importance of including diverse populations in foundational model development to mitigate biases and ensure technologies can lead globally without exacerbating inequalities. She believes focusing on inclusivity could solidify American tech leadership against international competitors like China. And what about responsible development of AI? How does she view this? For responsible development of AI, Nkande advocates for a multi-pronged approach centered on research involving marginalized communities. This approach aims at developing scalable biometric technologies that are inclusive by considering cultural trends which could lead to more responsible technological advancements. Investors play a role too in promoting responsible AI according to Nkande's views? Yes, indeed. She emphasizes that investors should consider demographic trends when evaluating companies and prioritize those capable of addressing algorithmic bias as consumer awareness grows. Questions about potential biases should be integral during due diligence processes. Finally, Alex, how does she view inclusivity in reskilling workforce programs? Ensuring marginalized communities are included in reskilling initiatives is vital for equitable adaptation to an automated workforce, according to N. Conde. Insights from these communities can significantly enhance our understanding of how different groups interact with or are impacted by AI systems, potentially guiding more effective reskilling programs that benefit everyone equally. That was PocketPod News Technology correspondent Alex Harmon sharing insights on Mutalin Kandi's influential work in making artificial intelligence more inclusive and accountable. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. A historic moment in space exploration unfolded with the Odysseus Moonlander's touchdown. That's right. Developed by Houston-based Intuitive Machines, Odysseus marks the first private spacecraft and the first U.S. mission since 1972 to reach the lunar surface successfully. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. After its historic landing, Odysseus ended up resting on its side, a little hiccup that could have spelled disaster. Indeed. And this twist was due to human error affecting the spacecraft's navigation system. But an emergency fix involving an experimental NASA LIDAR payload actually saved the day. 
To dive deeper into this remarkable journey and its implications for both space exploration and Intuitive Machines' future, we're joined by PocketPod News science correspondent Clint Randall. Clint, how significant is this milestone for private space travel? Well, Jonathan, the successful landing of the Odysseus moon lander by Intuitive Machines is nothing short of historic. It's not only the first private spacecraft to make it to the lunar surface, but also marks the first time the U.S. has landed on the moon since 1972. This represents a significant leap in private space exploration and showcases the advancements in technology that have allowed a private company to reach where, until now, only national space agencies have ventured. That sounds truly groundbreaking, Clint. Can you tell us more about what happened during the landing? Absolutely. Despite achieving a successful touchdown, Odysseus didn't have a completely smooth landing. The lander ended up resting on its side after tripping near a crater called Malapert A in the moon's South Pole region. This mishap occurred during its final descent, which was certainly not part of the plan. However, it's important to note that while this sideways position does pose challenges, it doesn't fully compromise the mission's objectives or capabilities. I heard there was some human error involved with this. What can you tell us about that? That's correct, Jonathan. A critical moment came when a human error involving an unlocked safety switch led to a failure in laser-based rangefinders crucial for navigation. Detecting this just hours before scheduled landing could have spelled disaster for Odysseus. However, an emergency fix involving an experimental NASA LIDAR payload proved to be a lifesaver, quite literally saving Odysseus from what could have been a catastrophic crash on the lunar surface. And despite this compromised position and challenges with communication equipment, most of NASA's payloads are still operational? Yes, that's right. The team at Intuitive Machines confirmed that despite its unexpected orientation, most of NASA's science and technology payloads aboard Odysseus remain functional and are successfully communicating data back to Earth. Unfortunately, two spacecraft antennae are somewhat limited due to their positioning towards the lunar surface, which does affect their communication capabilities but doesn't render them inoperative. How did this event impact Intuitive Machines' stock prices? Following news that Odysseus had tipped over after its lunar touchdown, shares of Intuitive Machines took quite a hit, dropping by 30% in extended trade. This sharp decline reflects how sensitive market reactions can be to operational successes and failures in space missions, a realm where outcomes are highly unpredictable and stakes are incredibly high. It sounds like there were quite a few hurdles for this mission, but also significant achievements. How would you summarize this event's importance for Intuitive Machines and private space exploration more broadly? This mission underscores not just technological prowess, but also resilience and problem-solving under pressure, qualities essential for future endeavors in space exploration by private entities like Intuitive Machines. Achieving what was once thought possible only by national space agencies is indeed historic and paves the way for further innovations and explorations by private companies, a true testament to human ingenuity and perseverance against odds. That was PocketPod News Science correspondent Clint Randell. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jonathan. It was my pleasure sharing this incredible journey with our listeners. And that's The Briefing Room for Saturday, February 24th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Druin. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app. <laughs>